advice for Tuesday, September 12, 2023, coming to you from the GoGoat Sports Studio, built by Arbor Lee here at the iconic Wall Center, downtown Vancouver. If you're visiting Vancouver, looking for a place to stay by the airport, we suggest the Western Wall. YBR, get some rest, relaxation in those plush, heavenly beds. Matt Sakaris alongside Blake Price, Grace Sass, hitting switches, conducting things to show a presentation of Applewood Auto Group, where there are great deals right now on new Nissan Leafs and Rogues. So what's the QX50 and QX60 lease from 3.99%? I was thinking, this QX60 I'm driving, and it's seat 7 if you wanted to. I've told you I'm helping a, helping some family members move here. Mm-hmm. So the extra space has been, and it's a very spacious cabin for a very big guy for, like myself, the extra space has been used for... Well, stuff. And tis the season where hockey players typically make the journey, oftentimes by car, from their off-season residence to the city where they're going to play with all their stuff, right? This is moving stuff season. I don't think they do that anymore, but they certainly oh, used to do that. A lot of them that. still do that. If they're yeah. close by, I suppose. You know, guys are, oh, it's a couple provinces over. I want my... I want my vehicle there. It's a hassle to send it. Exactly. Applewood's 25th anniversary sale. No charge maintenance packages with purchase and a chance to win $25,000. See dealer for details because Blake Price. It is all good at Applewood. Bodog poll question. Would you like to see Thatcher Demko named an alternate captain for this Canucks season? Yes or no? You can vote at Sikharson Price on Twitter. Bodog or Source. Free casino games. Poker strategy. Sports odds. What a line of the day from me. NHL player props men, menu there. Players to score 40 goals. Liz Pedersen is plus 225. He finished one shy last year. Give me PD to score 40 on your Bodog line of the day. I would I would have no problems whatsoever with Thatcher Demko being an alternate captain. So let's just distinguish here because the poll question is phrased uh, specifically. They're not allowed to put an A on his jersey. No, it'd be the same rules that applied to Luongo. Mm-hmm. It'd be on the... But on there's the... nothing preventing them from naming him an alternate captain, no. even if it's not necessarily recognized by the NHL That's right. and its officials with the letter on the, the jersey. Luongo, Luongo exercise is perfect. They recognize Luongo in their history of captains, even though the NHL may not. Yeah. Uh, I'm why the hell not. Yeah. If, if that's who you think is part of your leadership group, and you want to give them that designation, even if it's just a club and not a league designation, so be it. I've got zero problem with that. Of course, he was in the he was in the room when Quinn Hughes was unveiled as Canucks captain yesterday. Rick Tockett has talked about him as part of the leadership group. So has Quinn Hughes. So I'm a okay if they want to name Thatcher Demko as one of their alternate captains for this season. Young Stars roster is out for this weekend at the South Okanagan Event Center in Penticton, British Columbia. And it's an interesting list from the Canucks because, number one, it's a whole lot better than in previous years. Yeah. There's there's prospects of note coming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Blake and I used to cover this tournament with the slimmest of pickings from Canucks. Second rounders and fifth rounders. Yeah. 
and a lot of that was kind of out of their not their fault because a lot of these were collegiate players that weren't allowed to play in in the tournament. Of course, in some cases, their best prospects were European and didn't come over for right. this tournament. But the Vancouver Canucks are summoning guys who played NHL games last year, including Atu Ratu, Cole McWard, Akito Hirose. And Hirose could be your opening night left side defenseman on the third pair. Easily. Possible. So of the names that have interested us, Ratu, who's just 20 years old. He's played NHL games, but he is still just 20 years old, so he's age appropriate. Of course, this is not Danila Klimovich's first turn at Young Stars, but he too is awfully young. The reps don't hurt him. Outside chance of playing NHL games yep. this year. We had his agent, Dan Milstein, on a couple weeks ago who thought that was the goal. That was a real reasonable expectation. Hiroshi, as mentioned, could be vying for that left side job on the third pair. Cole McWard. Probably not going to make the club straight out of camp without a Tyler Myers trade. But I suspect a right-side defenseman who is going to get some run at some point this year. Yeah, if he's showing well at Abbotsford, he will be a call-up option for them for sure. Aiden McDonough, who frankly should look really good at this tournament. Aiden McDonough is 23 years old. He's played NCAA hockey. In fact, he'll be 24 years old in November. He has played four years of NCAA hockey at Northeastern University, where he has excelled. He's a bigger body. We know his pace isn't particularly NHL great, but look, this is not an NHL-level tournament. And, and it's, it's not, it doesn't strike me as a super fast tournament. If anything, these are kind of grindy, messy games. You've and, called and seen a lot of them, yeah. and they tend to be pretty sloppy games where you can tell guys don't have a ton of chemistry out there. Yeah. In some cases, guys are trying to individually stand out. And in that regard, uh, th- that's where I would, m- you know, mitigate your expectations even with like this roster. Like if this was a competitive game where you had full training camp mm-hmm. and, and there was a tournament involved here, I, w- I would say this is a very good team for this for this quote right. unquote tournament. But it's not. They're re- they're relatively thrown together, and it is what it is. So while it's exciting to see these names go on, and I'm not going to take that. Don't be disappointed that you don't see Ratu mm-hmm. dominate. It's hard. It's a little bit like, and I bring this uh, comparison up a lot. You know, when the NHL players went down to the ECHL during the lockout, like it's it's not necessary. You don't just arrive in the ECHL and skate circles around the opposition. It doesn't necessarily work out that way. But let's hope that there are some flashes at the very least. Philip Johansson, who has played more than 170 games in the Swedish Hockey League, he's 23, of course. The 24th overall pick in the 2018 draft by Minnesota. Another guy who I think, if he shows well, could possibly make this team as a spared defenseman for opening night if Tyler Myers were to get traded after September 15th, and we'll be watching for that later this week. Or, at the very least, to be a call-up at some point this year. I think there will be a lot of people locally rooting for Archdeep Baines, and rightfully so. Once led the Western Hockey League in scoring. Surrey Zone had a good year last year in Abbotsford with 38 points and 13 goals. His debut, pro debut. A little bit older than your typical, I shouldn't say that, he's 22. Max Sasson, he had a little run last year after signing as a college free agent. Again, this is a 
older player. He just turned 23 last week. He played in Abbotsford last year, got a little bit of taste of the American Hockey League and pro hockey, seven games after coming out as more than a point-per-game player at Western Michigan. And then uh, the big goaltender, Nikita Tolopilo, the Belarusian, six foot six, 230 pounds. And look, if Nikita Tolopilo has to play games this year, that probably isn't a good indication no. for the Vancouver Canucks. He does have pro experience. He's played KHL games. He's played in the Alsvenskan over in Sweden. But this is a look-see to see if this is a goaltender who will factor into your plans long-term, and we'll see what kind of season he has here coming Goalies over. can shine to this turn. We saw Dustin Wolf mm-hmm. of the Calgary Flames in, Last in year. this. Yeah, and he, you, we were watching him going, okay, that guy is a goalie. Yeah. Yeah, we were actually uh, right on top the game of him. we saw last yeah. year. We were right on top of him for two periods, and that's a darn good-looking goaltender prospect for the Calgary Flames. And I would suspect that you will see him at some point supplant Jacob Markstrom for the starters crease yeah. in Calgary. It's down the road. Probably but, not this year. Yeah, but, I wouldn't but, think this year. But you never but know. Who knows? Know. Like strange things happen. Yeah. few tidbits on the Quinn Hughes captaincy. First of all, oh, TSN. <laughs> Calling them Luke on yeah, one of their tweets. Yeah, with Luke Hughes is named Canucks captain. As Jabbo Vancouver says, there's a reason why we call Toronto Sports Network. Did you notice, and I didn't notice uh, this until I saw the Daily Hive pointed out, the graphic on the post about Hughes being named captain, in the background it's got captains of yesteryear, but it's missing one. Yeah, no Mark Messier. The erasure of Mark Messier's tenure goes to the club level. Like just to the club level, to the social media and content level. Nah, don't put him in. Yeah, like I I said this in my tweet. Like if you thought it was just the fans that wanted to forget Mark Messier, no, no, the club does too. Actively, they hear you on this. Yes, they don't hear you on a lot of things, but they hear you on this. Wayne Gretzky commenting on Hughes as captain. Congratulations, great honor to be a captain in the NHL. He tweeted or uh, posted to Instagram. And you may remember the 2020 All-Star game, Gretzky was a like guest coach and was mic'd up and caught on the mic wowing about Quinn Hughes, talking about how his hands were better than his own. 99! And Hughes is now off on a another NHL media tour, is that? Yeah, they did the European one a couple weeks mm-hmm. back, and now they're in Vegas. And this one is sort of... A superstar per team, I think, goes down. Gotcha. And with the C, these are the kinds of things you do. That's uh, right. These are the sort of responsibilities that are befall captains in the National Hockey League. Boy, Colorado's a pretty good-looking hockey club, and they get Thomas Tatar on a $1.5 million deal here, Blake, Mm. as one of the last of the lingering free agents. And he was rumored to be only interested in the East, and... uh, when the Avs called, he made an exception to the mm-hmm. rule, I guess. <laughs> Thought, well, winning a cup would be fun, too. Yeah. I hope he likes chickpea pasta. Yeah. If you, you, don't, if you don't get on that chickpea pasta, watch out. McKinnon's chickpea coming. Chickpea pasta's not bad. I it? like chickpea pasta. Of all I, the, like, I like chickpea, period. Of all the wheatless uh, pastas, the chickpea pasta is amongst the better ones. That didn't sound great. What's that? I like chickpea, period. No, well, that's all right. Okay. Roasted chickpeas with salt on them? Amazing. 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 And um, 
they're the ingredient in hummus. That's no? right. Key ingredient, yeah. Right. Anyways, a n- nice get there for the Colorado Avalanche. I know Tatar has his critics. I know there have been a couple of situations in the National Hockey League where you go, ah, it just didn't work out for him there. Uh, in fact, it's been uh, the playoffs where his critics have been loudest. 12 playoff games with Jersey last year, one goal. One assist in five playoff games with Montreal in 20-21. Two goals in 10 games with Montreal twenty in 19-20. Two points with Vegas. He was there in the playoffs. So it's not an illustrious playoff history for Thomas Tatar. It's 13 points in 52 games. Mm-hmm. But he was 20 goals and 48 points last year, Blake. He was 61 points in 68 games with Montreal in 19-20. He never gets leaned on in the playoffs, and he just sort of gets you there. Yeah, he's one of the guys who helps get you there but isn't necessarily going to be your Sort of like in in late seasons uh, recently, Stastny was that guy. You know, Stastny Mm -hmm. would help you in the regular season and then would would just not be there. It's too grindy for you, sorry. And then the big story breaking in the hockey world today... And it comes from the Spinning Chicklets podcast with Paul Bissonette, Biz Nasty, in conversation with his co-host, Ryan Whitney, saying he has reports from Blue Jackets players that new head coach Mike Babcock has been asking to see the photos on their phones to see what kind of people they are. Apparently did this with their captain, Boone Jenner. Now, the two have just released a statement. Jenner and Babcock through the Blue Jackets. Like, this is hot off the presses. I don't know if you you just saw this here, man. I haven't. Um, And and to be clear, the the mayhem that has ensued in in the hours leading up to this uh, release is that effectively it sounded like Babcock had effectively confiscated or demanded everybody give you the phones, and then Babcock gets to rifle through the pictures while it's posted on a TV in front of everybody. That was sort of the picture that was painted. Babcock releases this statement through the Blue Jackets. Quote, while meeting with our players and staff, I asked them to share off their phones, family pictures, as part of the process of getting to know them better. There was absolutely nothing more to it than that. The way this was portrayed on Spit and Chicklets was a gross misinterpretation of those meetings and extremely offensive. These meetings have been very important and beneficial, not only for me, but for our players and staff as well. And to have them depicted like this is irresponsible and completely inaccurate. End quote. Jenner adds a quote of his own. While meeting with Babs, he asked me about my family and where I'm from, my upcoming wedding and hockey-related stuff. He then asked if I had pictures of my family, and I was happy to share some with him. He showed me pictures of his family. I thought it was a great first meeting and a good way for us to start to build a relationship. To have this blown out of proportion is truly disappointing. End quote. Uh, Biz Nasty, after his show followed up, and I'm not going to read the whole thing because it gets a little lewd, but we're a player's podcast. You want to fuck with players, we're going to bend you over. And he continues. Gets a little more graphic from there. It gets yes. a little more graphic from there. Uh, also said he had corroborating messages from players saying this is absolutely the case. And his response to the statement was, 
tell Babs to knock off the bullshit. Enough with putting guys on the spot in the coach's room, asking them to link their phones up to airplane mode and grilling them. I've had tons of players confirm it. Smarten the fuck up, Babs. Shove your statement up your ass. Mm. So anyway, I don't, I don't so there's know what to reporting here that the Players Association is looking into it. Yeah. Are you buying this statement? Are you buying that this was blown way out of proportion? And this choose your uh, fighter. I, I honestly Bob don't know Cocker what biz. Yeah, like I honestly don't know what to believe. It, neither do I. But I, you know what? I'm really glad. I'm really glad that it's a bunch of players that broke this, and now they're feeling like maybe you know, like we've all had it in this business where we get sources. They tell us something, and then it comes out from the club level very differently, and we're like, well, I had good sourcing on that. What the hell happened? Now these players are probably wondering what the hell happened with their sourcing as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad they feel this, well, <laughs> this sting from their sources. Uh, the bottom line is that organizations lie. They yep, they lie do. lie often. Organizations lie, so that could be what's happening here. Also, Hockey players to themselves are great storytellers. Like they, mm-hmm. they, they love to share the funny shit from behind closed doors and in dressing rooms. That's what they spend all day doing when they get into the room. Mm-hmm. Is they tell each other story. All that reminds me of when so and so happened at this practice and this team. You know, did things get more colorful than they actually were in reality? I, who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't know what to think happened here. <sighs> Not exactly the way Mike Babcock wanted to return no, to the National no, Hockey League, but of course, sure. if he's employing the practices of yesteryear that basically got him shunned by the National Hockey League yeah. for years, then you reap what you sow. A little bit of that. A little bit of that. And of course, we noted at the time of his hiring, Babcock was not going to work in a lot of markets. Markets where there's scrutiny, you know, markets where there's a, a large media presence around the team. Mm-hmm. And where hockey is culture, that is not really the case in Columbus, Ohio. And so you can understand why that would be a place that will look at it and go, ah, we have a chance to punch up here with regards to the caliber of coach we get. This is a Stanley Cup winner. This is an Olympic gold medal winner. So we've but- got a young team. We've got to toughen them up, make sure they're ready for the grind of the NHL season. And what we hope will be a window of contention coming up here. Let's get Babcock. But you know what? I, I As stupid as Mike Babcock may have been at various times in his career mm-hmm. making decisions, not even he would be that stupid. No, like, this I is, don't think. So here's what I do believe. I don't believe Mike Babcock is a dumb guy at all. I think Mike Babcock is a very calculating guy. Yeah, he makes some poor calculations sometimes. Uh, right. But I don't think I think he would have every intention because guess what? This is free. He's undefeated mm-hmm. right now. Like, will he make stupid calculations when they're three and ten out of the gate? Yeah, then he'd be at risk of making some stupid. Right now, he's undefeated. He can be Mister Nice Guy. He can be the lovey dovey coach because he's not under any pressure right now. He's undefeated, so I don't know course, why he would cross any lines and cross boundaries right. when he doesn't have to. Of course, you know if he just said, "Hey, want to get to know you and your family? Show me a couple of pictures from your, you know, of the family on your phone." If it's a request, it's one thing. But if it's a demand, very, and there's very not, different. Yeah, there's not many places in our lives these days that are more intimate. I wouldn't think than the pictures on our phone. It's all bewildering. I don't know what to uh, believe here. So, I, yeah. I know. Yeah. 
So that's just today's world. Yeah. <laughs> like, how many times have you said that to yourself scrolling through Twitter? Right. I don't know what to believe. Well, and, and hockey too, Blake. Yes. People will try and tell you that black is white. Well, there's literally a summit right now, hockey summit happening right now, talking about toxic masculinity and all that. So, like, it's... It's a little much. We're giving away tickets to see the BC Lions Saturday, 4 p.m. BC Play Stadium against the Ottawa Red Blacks. This is the last 4 p.m. home date of the season. We talked about how the Lions, in my view, had a very smart schedule this year, asking people to come to BC Place for 4 p.m. on weekends in the summer and then reverting to the evening kickoffs in the fall, and of course, everyone has to take their turn at Friday night football. By the way, it's very depressing how quickly it gets dark now. Have you noticed that? Like, I have oh, noticed that. I have noticed that. One of the worst parts of fall. We've been so busy that I haven't been able to golf as much as I would like over the last few weeks. But one of the things that did occur to me was, eh, some of these tea times we're used to booking may not get the rounds. No, exactly. Yeah. We got to yeah. move a little earlier. So, yeah, this is the last 4 o'clock game at home for the Lions. They have three home games after this that are 7.30, 7, and 7 starts. As mentioned, they wanted those times for the fall when everyone's back to school and everyone's back to routines. They wanted those 4 p.m. kickoffs. The owner, Mar Doman himself, said to us, he feels like 4 o'clock is the sweet spot because you've got enough time in the day to go out and do things and then get to kickoff. And then when the game's over... It's not late at night. You can go have dinner. You can continue. I get his the theory day. for the fall, but I think they could have continued it in the fall. I really do. You think so? Yeah. Again, they have to take their uh, turn hosting Friday night football, which they will do against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on September 29th. That's the 7.30 start. So we're giving away the tickets. Text hashtag Lions to 778-402-9680. It comes with a food and bev voucher and a gift card for the team store. And we'll be picking a winner on what, Thursday, Grady? Thursday. So a couple more days to get in on the BC Lions. Contest Lions uh, added some reinforcements today. A couple of running backs, including one who was pretty good at Oregon State, BJ Baylor, and an offensive lineman. They're back off the bye. This is typically the time where you add some players who are NFL cuts or who were out on the street, get a look at them. Maybe they help later this year, but for the most part, you're looking at them for next season. Speaking of next season, is that when we'll see Aaron Rodgers? Or is one of the all-time great quarterbacks done after four plays with the New York Jets last night? Can't imagine it. 40-year-olds just cannot realistically expect themselves to bounce back from a catastrophic injury It's like an this. Achilles tear. He'll miss the season. The New York Jets have five more primetime games this year. It's funny, my brother... We're going to get to know Zach Wilson, aren't we? <laughs> or, or whomever. Uh, my brother and I went to Mahoney and Sons on Stamps Landing last night to watch the game and shout out Pete Mahoney. We saw him there. And shout out Ken Carty and Bill's backers YVR for receiving us so pleasantly. And I'm walking up the stairs, and I go, why in God's name are they talking about Zach Wilson? <laughs> I'd missed the first couple of minutes. Rodgers had not missed a game uh, other than the one game he missed due to COVID. And you'll remember that was a drama. 
but he has not missed a game to injury for the past five seasons. Crazy. In fact, like since he became a starter in 2008, he's played in 223 of a possible 242. It's not quite Brett Favre reliability, but 92% of the games for a starting quarterback over a 15-year period, that's pretty durable. That's pretty good. So, Zach Wilson, over to you, former one-time number two pick in the draft. Tim Boyle is the backup, is that right? I don't even know who that is. Street quarterbacks out there, Carson Wentz, Joe Flacco, Matt Ryan, Phillip Rivers, who's expecting a 10th child, Colt McCoy, Big D, Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP, Trevor Simeon, Chase Daniel. Wow. There are potential trade candidates here with Case Keenum in Houston, Mitchell Trubisky in Pittsburgh, Gardner Minshew and Teddy Bridgewater. But all of Canada is screaming at the New York Jets. Nathan Rourke. It costs you nothing to pluck him from the Jaguars PR. And you've got your quarterback for this year. How many other quarterbacks are coming off MVP-like seasons? Exactly. Uh, Honestly, and, and I mean this completely sincere. Does he give you any worse a chance to win That's than it. Zach Wilson or Tim Boyle? Dave Naylor used to argue this all the time on the CFL beat. You get to like week 15, 16, 17 in the NFL season, and these teams that are out of the out of the playoffs and who have injuries at quarterback, and some of the guys that they would trot out, and Naylor would say to me, are you telling me that Anthony Calvillo couldn't do better than that? Yeah. You're telling me Dave Dickinson can do better than that? Yeah, it's uh there, there's sometimes a stigma with the CFL guys, the Canadian League guys that, you know, ignorant Americans just have to get over. There's a lot of guys in the NFL who've got great respect for the Canadian Football League and understand how good a league it is and how difficult it is to play the most difficult position in all of sports. Tim Boyle is the backup now. I don't even know like out of Eastern Kentucky. Okay. But would you rather the quarterback out of Utah or Eastern Kentucky? I'd probably go, or, uh, or, or Ohio, I mean, or, yeah. or Eastern Kentucky. I'd probably Ohio's go Ohio. a step up from Eastern Kentucky. And again, reps. And Tim Boyle's 28. He hasn't probably played the sport much in the last few years. 28? Yes. Like, I don't, I don't have his snaps in front of me, but I'm thinking he hasn't had many. This is B-O-Y-L-E? Yes. Boyle? Yeah. Like, Again, I think you want guys that don't have years of rust built up on them. He played in one. Oh, he played for my Bears last year. <laughs> you don't know. Didn't him. even know him. He's been into seventeen NFL games. He started three for the Lions two years ago. He's got sixty-six completions. Mm-hmm. What's that Tom Brady guy up to these days? Yeah. I listened to his podcast last night with Larry Fitzgerald and Jim Gray. They had Peyton Manning on. And honestly, goodness, would anybody bat an eyelash? Like, is that a bad, like, would you, is Joe Flacco a better option than Tom Brady? Never. It's, it's, not the on his best day. Not no. on his Super Bowl winning day. Matt Ryan. No. I'm still no. going Tom Brady. Tom Brady right now is better than every single street quarterback you just oh, mentioned. of course he is. He sounds retired. Yeah, he does. And, and, and here's, how do you know that Tom Brady is retired and sat back? and watched a full slate of football games for the first time in 20 years. He asked a question of Peyton Manning yesterday. 
about the quality of quarterbacking in the league and how he just doesn't think we're asking guys to read defenses and go through their progressions as much as we used to. It sounded a little bit like old quarterback yelling at clouds, but I was sitting there. But just after what we saw in week one, to he's myself. not wrong. No, honestly, it was terrible e- quarterback. Every every level of the sport it now seems to be trying to simplify the quarterback position. Make your one read. If it's not there, tuck the ball and run because most of them can run now. Whereas Tom and Peyton come from that era of we're not outrunning anybody, so we got to sit in there and get to the second read and the third read, knowing we're going to take a hit. And yes, thank you to Josh Zamboni guy and everybody who sent it our way. We saw the bar in Green Bay last night offering free drinks if the Jets lose. And people got really sloshed. And then got really (laughs) dinged. The despair was palpable. (laughs) Do you know they're doing that 12 more times this year? Every time the Jets and the Packers don't play In the same window, that promotion is on. Jets lose, we'll pay your tap. But now Zach Wilson's the quarterback. We'll see if there was some small print there that the lawyers can pat themselves on the back for going forward. Save that bar some money. And look, you say this is it for him. As regular listeners know, Aaron Rodgers, not my favorite guy. As a Bears fan, he has owned us for a decade and a half. But a player of this caliber, it would be a damn shame if that's his final snap. Uh, totally. Year. You hate and that. It usually happens like that, right? Like, that's the one thing. Tom Brady's the exception. Yeah. It usually happens with some degree. Particularly of in football. Montana, young. Yeah. Like, go go through them. Yeah. Yeah. You know. There's the no Mannings shame in and it, the Bradys who walk out on top or close to on top. That's... And you know what? If you're 34 and that happens to you, yeah, that's a sour taste because you probably had hoped that you had oh, a couple more sure. years left. I, I, God, when you're 40, mm-hmm. dude, you've done it. You've, mm-hmm. <laughs> you've, you've done everything expected of you. Go yeah. play golf. Go to a dark. And he's a pretty good cave. golfer too. And he Aaron wants Rogers. he wants to go. What does he call them? Dark cleanses? You know, darkness mm-hmm. cleanses or something? I don't know. He's, well, I, ca- I caught a part of his interview with John McEnroe yesterday where McEnroe, as Jets fan, began asking him a question about what if things don't go well, and Rogers just stopped him, and it's like, John, 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 you're a Jets fan. Let's speak this into existence. Let's manifest positivity. So much for that. <laughs> Oops. Oh. Uh, Blue Jays and M's lose last night. Boy, uh, the, the way Seattle is going right now... And we have talked about this in the past, Blake. The Mariners, for the most part, in their franchise history, get to get to September, and then they just don't matter because the football club starts playing, and more often than not, they're out of it. They're in the playoff chase, but they're blowing it loss by loss, including in extra innings last night when J-Rod's heroics, not enough. To beat the Angels, and the Jays lose the first. And they can't help them. They the Jays lose the first game against the Texas Rangers in what is a very important four-game set. And we'll talk baseball a little later on in the program as we get into the menu by AG One with Andy Dunn, president of the Vancouver Canadiens, who start the Northwest League Championship Series 
tonight in Everett. I, he's the kind of guy that I can see drinking AG1, actually. And uh, I can see you all drinking AG1 right now, especially because we have a promotion. Go to drinkag1.com slash price to unlock a special offer. We'll be joined by Patrick Johnson of the Province and Post Media. We'll talk about Quinn Hughes, the captain. We'll talk about Demko as an alternate. We'll talk about Babcock, Biz Nasty as well. As David Quadrelli's report from Canucks Army on a practice facility coming to SFU, hmm, there are some ties that bind there. And as we know, the Vancouver Canucks desperately need a practice facility. And we'll get to some hashtags today, including another new captain in Western Canada and Quinn Hughes and the sort of company he's in with regards to points and offensive production from a defenseman by age 24. Happy Hour brought to you by Yellow Dog Brewing Neighborhood Brewing Workshop Spirits. And the weather's getting a little cooler, but we're still pretending we're thriving in the summer. That's summer heat with Workshop Spirits. Ombre Margarita. Hi there, hard lemon iced tea. And hi there, our peach iced tea. We'll keep you feeling tropical all year long. End of the workday. Treat yourself to a Yellow Dog Neighborhood or Workshop Spirit. Let's get into it. I don't know if it was malicious. Probably not. But I do know it was another WTF moment. My question to ownership would be, was it worth it? And the architect, and I use that term loosely, given there wasn't much architecture, more finger painting with this team. It's like the running of the bulls in Pamplona. You know someone is going to get hurt. That's what you all need to understand here. Right now. Ian Cole has joined the chat. New Canucks defenseman linked up with his new teammates skating informally at UBC this morning. He's one of two, of course, defensemen alongside Carson Soucy. The team is counting on to fix their goal prevention and penalty killing issues of last year and years past. They can start by being available. If we can use that old trope about the best ability being availability. Trivia, Blake and Grady. How many defensemen did the Vancouver Canucks use last year? 12. 15. 16. Ah. 16! Two years ago, they used 13. Didn't they? I think they led the league in that, I right? believe they there did. There was a big head hockey tweet. I, they're yeah. Back in the summer. They used 13 two years ago. That, and, and think of it. Last year was really a COVID-free season. They needed 16. They needed 13 during a COVID year. They needed 11 the season before that. You take a look. You take a look at the last decade with this club, and you'll see a preponderance of defensemen. Many of them had cups of NHL coffee, and weren't heard from again. For the Canucks this year, does it reason that number of defensemen used will correlate with club performance? We all know injuries happen, and going into the season. You know you're going to need eight or nine defensemen, but 16, that's not just injury. That's performance-related as well. The good news for the Canucks, Cole has played 78 and 75 games the last two years. Susie played 78 last year. As we know, the Canucks aren't going to be the best or most complete defense in the National Hockey League this season. The quality at the top is better with Philip Ronick joining Captain Quinn Hughes. And the quantity should be better with Susie and Cole rounding out the top four. 
Third pair is the likely landing spot for Tyler Myers if he's not traded. And frankly, a more appropriate slotting than years past. And then there's that battle, and I think it'll be one of the spotlight battles in training camp for the left side spot on the third pair. Christian Milanen, Akita Hirose. Hey, Uber veteran Matt Irwin from the island. Somebody else. We'll see who snatches that opportunity. But Blake, tell me I'm wrong here. The magic number is 10. If we get over 10 defensemen used, that probably means something's gone wrong this season. I think 12 is the average for most clubs. I, I think you. by the time the, the, the throwaway games but are done. But average brings in the 16s. Right, totally. We don't want any. We don't want to flirt with any of that. I'll be, I'll be a little more mm-hmm. lean. I'll say 12. Okay, I, yeah. you say 12. Yeah. But it shouldn't be 16. No. No. <laughs> To get up to 16, God help us all. So welcome out for today. We invite your feedback. Feedback channel says as follows. On email live at scarcenprice.com. You can text 778-402-968. The Great Clips text message inbox. On Twitter, at Mansacares, at Sakarison Price. And the welcome out a presentation of Great Clips. Your local Great Clips salon, proudly Canadian, owned and operated. And there are 37 of them in Vancouver and the Lower Mainland. No matter what you're buying, folks, when you're out in the world looking for this, that, and the other, I think you want to support businesses that you feel good about supporting. You can feel good about supporting the Applewood Auto Group. Uh, They've made the car business and communities around them a whole lot better with their work in the community. Go and find out why it is indeed all good at Applewood. Visit them online anytime at applewood.ca. Cares Price from Wall Center and a presentation of Applewood Auto Group. And you can sit behind the wheel of the Mitsubishi Outlander from Applewood Mitsubishi right now. And it might just get you $25,000. How about that? I've been telling you to take it, take it for a test drive. Mm-hmm. Sit in the quilted leather seats that I've been experiencing for the last little bit. See how great that touch screen is and how easy it is to navigate. And, uh, Still not at half a tank used. Does it have a wireless charger? A wireless charger. I haven't discovered that yet. Oh, okay. So play around, find all the bells and whistles yes. on the Outlander, and we'll compare with my Infinity QX60. Hey, you could, you could test drive either one of them. They'll still give you a chance to win twenty five grand, whether you're test driving the Infinity or the Mitsubishi. It's almost like it's all good at Apple. In the month of September, you bet. Mm-hmm. 25th anniversary. Bulldog poll question. Would you like to see Thatcher Demko named an alternate captain for this Canuck season? Yes or no? You can vote at Sikerson Price on Twitter. Bodog your source. Free casino games. Poker strategy and sports odds. Bodog line of the day for me. Uh, Michigan State's football program is in total disarray. Their head coach, Mel Tucker, has been suspended for alleged sexual harassment of a rape survivor. He claims they had a consensual adult relationship University of Washington goes in there this weekend as a top 10 team. I'm going to lay 16 and a half with that potent Huskies offense on your Bodog line of the day. Here's Patrick Johnson of the province and post media who joins us on Tuesdays. How are you? 
I'm great. I'm singing, jing, you know, what everything's all good. At there you go. Let's, I really uh, hope commercial jingles never go away. Like, are we going to have these forever? No, I think they'll what? be nostalgically good going forward. Oh. You know, they'll do them uh, kind of ironically almost. No, no. Uh, when you get a good commercial jingle, like there are few things that will stick in your brain for longer. That's what I mean. I think though I do think I do hope they stick around and I'm sure it's why I loved somewhere. watching Mad Men was watching the, the creative you know they, they did a pretty good job yeah. of taking you through that whole process so much yeah, fun yeah 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 they yeah. take you back to genesis of taglines yes, and jingles yeah, like real stuff yes oh okay it's great Matt did I, I you not watch Mad Men oh Matthew so good yeah he would like Mad Men you really would it's actually. a smart show yeah I, I for the most part like John Hamm little this is over where he started yeah no yeah. I know I know. Maybe a little overexposed since. Yes, he has been. Boy, he's kind of a go-to for the NHL. Yeah. Famous guy likes us? He yes, likes please. Hockey. Put him here. Put Look, him there. Can we get him to St. Louis? <laughs> can he make Minnesota on Tuesday? How about Columbus on Thursday? Columbus. It's the likes we haven't seen can since Dennis Leary. Remember when Dennis Leary was oh, discovered yeah, as a hockey it. fan? He yes, was everywhere. Leary. Enough of Dennis Leary. But this, the thing is, is Ham seems to blend with more crowds. Leary was clearly just a Bostonian. Well, and John Ham's a superstar. Dennis Leary was a star. <laughs> he was a foul-mouthed comedian. Which, yes. You know, yeah. Made sense. Uh, we're we're going to get back to Columbus here in a second. Okay. But first, need your take on Quinn Hughes being named as captain. Well, I think as I, I tweeted a few. I don't tweet a lot anymore, Matt, but just for you. Uh, as I noted, I think in at least twice I wrote in April, like at the end of the season, we saw that uh, Quinn Hughes had with man with the mic, thanking the fans. Um, after that game, I think that was you know last home game of the year. Asked Rick talk, and he said certainly has all the qualities of a captain. Um, and you look back to you know the way Hughes spoke up on Pride Night about the importance of it. Uh, certainly put himself in front of the story. And then going all the way back to the Tanner Pearson issue when he said that wasn't, you know, they didn't handle that right. And feeling expressing public frustration, I think, on behalf of his teammates, whether he had intended to do that or not, he did um, step forward. You know, this is a person who has, I think, consistently been willing in front of the camera to to essentially do the right thing, to take the burden of that. And it's something that Bo Horvat did a lot. Bo and I talked a lot about that, him recognizing, obviously, in hockey, in a place like Vancouver, where often there are bigger issues that people want to discuss that in other markets, maybe you don't have to. And and certainly mm -hmm. uh, there is an ex there there is a a, a a role a bigger role to fill here than you might as a captain in another market. We've and, talked about uh, it before. It's yeah. the most progressive jurisdiction of the yeah. thirty-two NHL markets. So yeah. um, no matter what you think, that's the reality. Exactly. So so yeah, I am not surprised that he is the guy in the end. Um, there is a little bit of that aspect of having to play the game with the media, and Quinn's always been good to talk to, and and you know even when he's been grumpy, he's been ready to talk. So. Um, yeah, I hope it doesn't clam him up, though, and I'm not predicting that it will. I'm just saying there is, yeah, I think, a human no. nature thing of, oh, I've got this responsibility now. Honestly, guys, I've got to be more judicious. I, I, I can remember when the word on the Canucks speak was, oh, don't ever go talk to a Sedin twin. They have nothing to say. And then Hank right. got the C and then suddenly yeah. became a statesman. No, he was fantastic. True. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as an interview from that point forward, I think uh, the same could it, hold true for young Quinn. Even in a way, in, in sort of backwards, the way it worked for Luongo. Like Luongo was not a, a out, 
I mean, he, in the end, it was an experience that I think he was happy to see end, but he has talked about it since being as something that was very important for him mm-hmm. in the big picture and understanding sort of how to, you know, who he was and who he could, could be and, and what people were looking to. Great segue into the poll question. Oh, beautiful segue. I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah. You know, you do a show with a guy for 12 years and sometimes you come to the same conclusion. It's the damnedest thing. <laughs> um, Demko. Do you want to see him wear an A? Do you think he will wear an A? Like, because look, you got your captain and your two A's, mm-hmm. and we suspect it'll be PD and Miller. Mm-hmm. But of course, if you have an injury anywhere, mm-hmm. then you have another A to give out. Or you can have road A's and home A's. And, or or whatever. you can do it that yeah. way. I mean, do you think we're going to see a lettered goaltender here? And do you, do you want to see that? Again. As we as we understand it, I don't think the rules have changed. I think he's technically not allowed to have one on his sweater because he's not allowed to leave the crease to argue, you know, because right. the rules are written and such. Yeah. But as an honor, yeah. Um Rick Tockett brought it up as well last spring. And I I I did note at the time. I mean, I didn't say, hey, you realize there's been a goalie captain here before. Uh, but clearly in his mind, this is something but for the rules that would be probably automatic. So yeah, could there be an A on Demko's mask as as Luongo did with the C on his mask? Sure. Like it is very clear. Like they've been very clear. This was a, this was a big talking point over the, I don't know, the last month of the season last year is the 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 vocal role, the presence that that Demko has set for his teammates. And we talked a lot with him about that when he came back after his injury and was having some success and sort of refound himself again. And, uh, and, you know, he talked to me a bit about just the, the mental part of the game and realizing, you know, I mean, obviously he's a new father. So we talked a little bit about that and how that, you know, he obviously had, they weren't, they didn't have a child yet, but you know, he, he had a sense that life was to change Um you know, your perspective changes. And, and, you know, so quite clearly this is a player that has recognized that if this team is going to go anywhere, he, I mean, obviously he knows the playing aspect of that, but if this team is going to go anywhere, he has to help set the tone. So, I would love to know if they put an A on his sweater and they, like he wouldn't leave the crease. He would still abide by that rule. Would yeah. they do anything about the Referee team putting skates it over and yeah, rips it off. So gets the steam on it or something. <laughs> yeah, like like yeah. what would they do? Nothing. I would suspect. I don't know. It's a good question. Let's find out. Let's get yeah, Red yeah, Hamilton. Yeah. Get Red Hamilton on the phone. So you've just reminded me of something. Um, goalies aren't allowed to leave the crease to go lobby officials. Yeah. Uh, so you, look, well, they're what, not allowed to leave the crease during an altercation, and then they're not allowed to. If I'm not mistaken, they're not. Allowed, they actually are. I think you're right. They aren't allowed to actually go argue with the ref. Like, but they're actually, they're not allowed to be captain. Like that, that was the thing with Luongo was that he was he's the captain. Yeah. They recognize him in graphics like they did yesterday as a captain. He's not actually allowed to be a captain in the NHL. Right. No, but they they put a limit and say goaltender, you must stay in the crease. There's a remaining it, increase certainly during during altercations. Um. No, but we're talking about a stoppage in play. You're telling me Thatcher Demko can't skate on over to a linesman or a referee and have a chit chat? Well, he's not supposed to come to like the, to the penalty box to discuss, you know, uh, calls and that sort of thing. Yeah, and and there's just there is a rule. This was discussed when Luongo was a no. Really? You can't be the captain. They made him the captain, but you can't be the captain. Actually, yeah. But yeah, Quint's the captain now. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um. Yeah, uh, yeah. Practice yeah. facility. Let's move on. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. For, no for that diversion. Uh, practice facility. Young Quadrelli of Canucks Army 
Yeah, led the uh, way last week with a story about SFU as a potential site for a practice facility. And look, um, I've long debated with you and Mr. Price and Mr. Patterson with regards to the best place in the lower mainland to have one. You guys seem to think we need to cater to the convenience of players. <laughs> I'm a little bit more at this stage. I don't care where the hell it is so long as there is one. What do you know about the potential of a practice facility at SFU? Yeah, it, I mean, in the end, yes. Kudos to Quads, who led the way on this. Um, and and I, uh, uh, I was able to essentially, you know, I talked to a few people and followed up and said, yeah. Everything there is correct. So, um, so when it, you say everything, for those who missed the story, it's the, under consideration. It's well, not a done been, deal. There's some yeah, ties it's, that it's a very yeah. Like let's put it this way: I did actually finally get a response from SFU, uh, who said that the Canucks have been a valued partner in support of SFU and SFU's recreation hockey team. Mm -hmm. There are per currently no plans in place for a hockey facility at SFU. However, SFU is always open to discussing development opportunities that would benefit the university community. So, yeah, I mean, let, let's put it away. There is a empty gravel lot that's been sort of a spare parking lot that was originally perhaps going to be the Olympic Oval, and then the Olympic Oval ended up in Richmond. It just sits there. Um, they have interests in doing something with it. The uh, men's hockey team at SFU is a club team. It is not a varsity sport. Uh, but there has long been sort of support for the idea of bumping it up mm -hmm. to... Um, it's a pretty high-end club team, yeah. Yeah, bumping yeah. it up to varsity status. And, you know, as I note in the story, if they were to become an NCAA Division One hockey team, like, that's a pretty big... That's based in Canada. Like, that's a pretty big... That would do... I You can only assume that would do very well. And presumably, they would have a women's program as well, and that would do very well. Um so there is certainly notionally an interest in having a on-campus facility because right now they play down at Bill Copeland Arena, uh, quite near my house, uh, down on Kensington, across from the new Christine Sinclair Community Center and its new field. Um, but they would like to have an on-campus facility, or at least there's a notion of having an on-campus facility. Uh, it is also, of course, tied into the status of the football team, which is currently on hiatus, and I have a hard time imagining actually will come back. Uh, also tied into all this is SFU's status in the NCAA. Are they going to stay in the NCAA? Are they going to switch back to U Sports? Um, but yes, there has been obviously some level of meetings uh, to Francesco Aquilini, who is an alumnus from SFU. Uh, you know, there was a hockey team fundraiser that I'm told he attended uh, out of interest. Um, and he's apparently had a couple meetings with, you know, officials basically, you know, to the degree of, okay, what would we do here? What could, what could we potentially talk about here? Um, you know, as I said, I think that the Canucks pretty clearly want to get something done within two or three years. They want to have a rank going in two or three years time. Um, there's not a lot of options in the city. If you think carefully about what that means, but certainly options, I think around the edges, can't wait for the first snowy morning where the Canucks can't get to practice because I mean, the drive isn't plowed. I mean, players would have snow tires. Like, yes, but I get you right. So, you know, that's the thing. There's There are questions. Now, as others have pointed out, mo you know, every other team in the NHL basically has, the, the Flames are building one. Every other team has a practice facility. Most of them are out in the burbs, right? Like, yep. let's be clear. So, that said, so Matt's not wrong. That said, well, if you are trying to present yourself as best in class you get something closer to where the players live. 
that's so a couple of things. Uh, first of all, the, as we know, the Red Leafs are picking it up there. They're going off to Boston to play BU this year. Yeah, so, BC, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we have uh, a, a hockey program that's uh, um, uh, moving on up or at least, mm-hmm. uh, you know, forward, uh, forward thinking in terms of uh, where it's going to be down the road. Mm-hmm. Secondly, guys, we all agree. The best place for the practice facility is right across the yes. street at the Plaza yeah. of Nations. Yeah. But my point has been, if if you can't secure that site, uh, particularly given the availability of land and the cost of it in mm-hmm. the lower mainland, then go on out and find a site and get shovels in ground and do yeah. it. ASAP. It, it, it's something that's holding you back right now. It would be marvelous to have it across the road, underground tunnel, right? And that is absolutely best in class if they can do that. But at this stage of the game, I'm more interested in seeing one anywhere in the lower mainland, even if it's up Burnaby Mountain. And here's the thing. There will be a few days a year where it's a treacherous drive. Other than that, I'm sure it'll be fine. And and if it takes the players 10, 15, 20 minutes Takes JT Miller 45 minutes to get there from West Van, so be it. I mean, you're not going to be able to satisfy everybody's geography no. for the entirety of the complex's uh, lifespan. So just get it done. <laughs> but, nice. but again, back to the Plaza of Nations, like the city should get involved because they should they should want the well, ice surface for the city for is keep- involved. Yeah, like, like I mean, here's the pro- here's the thing, you know that I I talked to Dyson G Wing last spring. And I said, you know, do do your plan still involve? Yes, we have a plan. Like the city, uh, part of the reason why the city approved the overall development plan. Now they have to actually start digging there on the other side. And I have, as far as I know, they haven't started. So that that to me is another question in all this. But yes, there is a rink that's supposed to go in. He says he has a different operator. I don't know who it is. Um, but yeah, that the plan remains that there is going to be rank. Now it is years away. So perhaps that was part of the reason we walked away, but like Canucks have never commented on the actual story across the street. Mm-hmm. So, but you're, no, well, you're absolutely and, right. And it makes the most sense. Imagine driving no, but, away from a, a rink across the street to go to Burnaby. Like that'll look ridiculous. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, and here's the other thing. Maybe there are those at the city that would have some who have some concerns about partnering with the Aquilinis. I mean, there is a reputation mm-hmm. there around town. You take a look at the city of Abbotsford. They yeah. tried to do business with the city of Abbotsford and Abbey Center way back when. They leaned on them pretty heavily because they could. And Abbotsford walked mm-hmm. away. And now they're back and doing business with yeah. Abbotsford because Abbotsford yeah. was left with no other option. And, so and that's why maybe I mean. there are people at city of Vancouver who look at that and go, I'm not sure that's the partner we want. Or or yeah. they're just going to be a part of a hard negotiation and the same that's thing's going to happen. Well, and I eventually mean, they come together. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't think it would be an easy negotiation yeah. uh, with the Canucks and with the Aquilinis. Lastly, Babcock. He hasn't even coached a game in Columbus. Ha! <laughs> And already people are scratching their head going, what the hell's Babcock doing? Yeah. Uh, allegedly asking Boone Jenner, their captain, and other players, show me the pictures on your phone. I want to know what type of person you are, which seems a tad invasive in an intimate space for a hockey coach to want to go with his players. And Biz Nasty is on a warpath here today on Twitter. Yeah. saying we're going to stick up for players. And it was yeah, reported yeah, on the yeah, Spin yeah. Chicklets po- uh, podcast with, uh, uh, Bissonette and uh, Whitney. 
and on a warpath, uh, basically saying we're gonna we're gonna stick up for players when coaches step out of line like this. Where do you see all this going? Well, I mean, at a certain level, you go Mike Babcock. Like, like, I mean, it's the old dog new tricks thing, right? Like, do yeah, people if only this can, was predictable, right? You know, can like Mike Babcock did weird things in Toronto, right? Yeah. Like, like, and and there seems to be a weird tendency of a particular kind of coach that still kicks around hockey. It fascinates me, and that you know that uh, that the hockey guys think. It is this continual, like, you just can't expect. For those of us who've operated in real life, the guy, the hockey coaches have sort of made it to the top somehow. They just have sort of a skewed set of ethics. And it's just like, what? Like, I, I get wanting to learn about your, your athletes and see what they're like. But, like, there's there are standard ways to do this. It's not hard. Like, ask some questions. Are you married? Do you have kids? Do you have a dog? What do you or do? Or, or, or if you exactly. want to do like, the multi, do you summer, uh, submit three you know? pictures to me that I can that'll describe you. You know, so, yeah, you know, exactly. Put it in an exercise like that. Yeah. Tell me about. Tell me about. You know, like I'm yeah. sitting here. I'm a teacher. Like these are things we we do. Like you want to learn about your students. There are ways to do this. And Mike, like Mike Babcock, has he's actually worked at like universities. You know, like you've been around people with who are smart and think about this stuff. And there's like psychology departments and developmental psychology. We learn about people and how they grow up. Like there's ways to do this. So maybe, like maybe he did have a problem. Process and maybe there's something behind this, and you know everyone, and it's sort of people are jumping ahead of what happened before. Like, but yeah, can I see your phone? If that's really how it played out, mm-hmm. oh boy, <laughs> let's just see what's on your phone and put them on the screen. Yeah, and the PA see. is looking into it as well. Uh, this is um... Mitch Marner. Penny for your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, we're uh, we're getting re- very close. In fact, the next time we talk to you there will have been people in canucks jerseys on an ice with a scoreboard right. yes in penticton so looking forward to that and training camp thank you for the time here today sir yeah guys all right take care so Harrison price from wall center presentation apple at auto group hashtags are the Best and worst to Twitter, brought to you by Jason Hominick of Jason.Mortgage. And we actually, we call Jason Hominick, it's actually him, picks up the phone. There's no middleman or staffer answering your email, taking your calls. It's Jason himself with the best advice on mortgages. Get that personal touch from an expert that works for you and not the bank. Find him at Jason.Mortgage. I'm going to start off. Boy, that's a long uh, yeah. band. Yeah, band just keeps playing. Yeah. They're, just, they're in the groove. They man. don't want to leave. Exactly. Fans are yet chanting, encore, encore. I saw Grady replied to this tweet, so I, I wonder if he has an unfair advantage here in oh. trivia with the two of you. Oh, but no. at Stathead, Quinn Hughes has the 13th most points by a defenseman before age 24. Of the um, 12 that are ahead of him, Points by a defenseman before age 24. Two of them are former Vancouver Canucks. Okay, but these are really old, aren't they? Because I thought I thought Quinn Hughes had the most points under 24 in the last, like, 30 years or something like that. Um, um, are they pretty that, historic? That that would compute, actually. Yeah. Blake, well, well, well sifted. Yeah, but their former Brian Canuck- Leach would have been the last guy to play 
Yeah. To hit these totals. Um, okay, to the two former Canucks. Two former Vancouver Canucks have accumulated more points by their age 24 season. This is defenseman. But they, they neither of the uh, clue, neither of them did it with the Canucks. Right. Yeah, so they circled back you probably later knew that anyways. In life. God, but who's been a decorated player but prolific enough? Mhm. In fact, they both still live here in town. Paul Reinhardt. Very good. Um, Tenth with 268. uh, 27 more than Hughes. And, God. The other guy surprised me in terms of the total. Dave Babbage. Well done, Blake. 305 for Babs. He was a machine back in his Jets days. Yeah, I mean, he was. uh, I mean, they had some potency, that club, and Babs put up. 305 points by age 24. It's a funny era. Like I, I, I sometimes go back and look at my old Jets cards and stats, and mm-hmm. like, like the seventh guy in scoring still scored 25 goals I and know, like I had know. 65 like, points. The seventh in scoring. Exactly. Like, guys like you didn't even really know. Pat Elenick is my favorite example exactly. of that. Pat Elenick like had great years. How many did Morris Lukowicz have that oh, year? Oh, love Morris. Must Lukowicz. be in the 30s. Elenick's in the 20s. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah, Lucas had, had 30 goals. Or Coffee, Housley, Bork, Stevens, Potvin, Leach, Babbage, Larry Murphy, Reinhardt, Bodger. I guess there's a third Canuck there, I think. Yeah, yeah. Next Canuck. And McKinnis. And then it's Hughes and Carlson and Rasmus Dallain. That's your top 15. That's pretty impressive. Uh, I've got similar kinds of stats here uh, from the baseball side of things. At ESPN Stats and Info, Julio Rodriguez is the fourth player in Major League Baseball history to have a 30 home run and a 30 stolen base season at age 22 or younger, joining Ronald Acuna Jr., Mike Trout, and Alex Rodriguez. That is some company, and it comes right on the heels of Acuna himself uh, a few days ago joining multiple seasons of the 35-35 club. Acuna joining Soriano, Bonds, Bonds, both of them, Mm. both Bonds's, and Mays. (laughs) Like, Like, we're talking about two of the... I mean, just as we've seen Trout and Otani arrive right. on our doorstep and then try to white away back in his prime, but I, I mean, we might be looking at two of the all-time greats mm-hmm. here as well in Rodriguez and Acuna. For sure. And then there's that Dela Cruz kid in Cincinnati, right. and who knows what he's going to be capable of. J-Rod with a two-run homer to tie it in the 10th, and they still blow it last night. Yeah. Seattle. Late pitching, as you said. At NHL Jets, oh, captain, my captain. Adam Lowry is the new captain of the Winnipeg Jets. Josh Morrissey and Mark Shifley remain as alternates. A little interesting here that the Jets go with the industrious third-line center and career Jet over Shifley and Morrissey because Morrissey is under contract through 27-28. I, I can understand Shifley exactly, yeah, on the trade block, according to some, a UFA after this year, but I would have thought um, you know, Morrissey would have been a contender there, whatever. They uh, chose Adam Lowry 24 hours after the Canucks picked Quinn Hughes, and Calgary Flames without a captain. We'll see if their move will be next here with a new general manager, Craig Conroy. Who, and a new head you coach. You wonder if Chris Tanev would get any looks there. I mean, 
That would be interesting. They, I mean, they called him dad here, yeah, right? And yeah. he wasn't all even all that old. <laughs> they called him dad. And he's, he's sort just, of like Quinn Hughes in that he's not going to be outwardly rambunctious mm-hmm. with his quotes, but mm-hmm. you got a young head coach there in Ryan Husker, first time NHL head coach. Hmm. Backland wore an A last year for them, but yeah, I, I do wonder. Again, with Tanif, though, one year left on the contract, so who knows what that yeah. means. Yeah, and only three years left for Adam Lowry, but I guess they feel like it's still a uh, a worthwhile investment. Uh, at Talking Baseball, Alec Manoa never reported to AAA when he was optioned on August 11th because he was upset about the decision. decision. Mm. Manoa reportedly has not even been throwing bullpen or side sessions. It's unlikely he'll pitch in a game again this year. Man, how the mighty Gosh. have fallen. Like, I just hope everything is okay with his mental health. Like, the the season began and the and the um, fastball was down in velocity, and you thought, okay, maybe there's an arm issue there with Manoa after that dreadful start. And now you wonder if there's more wrong with just. Uh, but you know what? I don't remember this story with Roy Halladay when Roy Halladay got sent all the way down and they, and they mm. tried to rebuild him. I don't remember Roy Halladay saying, "No, come on, I'm a top prospect. Don't treat me well, like this." And they, uh, you know, they sent Halladay all the way back, all the down way down too. Yes. I mean, he went back to the complex in Florida. I guess the the counter to that would be, well, Manoa actually had success. Earlier on, flea well, team though. you know, Halliday had success year. too, but Manoa, not to the level. Manoa, of Manoa had did. more than Halliday of that. Yeah. There is no doubt. At offside, DH meant to get this yesterday. Canadian Gabrielle or Gabby Dabrowski wins U.S. Open doubles title. Dabrowski and partner Aaron Rootleaf of New Zealand. They only got together a month ago, Blake, at the NBO Open here in Canada. She's the first Canadian woman to reach a doubles final in 35 years. And as we noted last week, it's her first Grand Slam title in women's doubles. She had previ- previously won a couple of mixed doubles Grand Slams at the French and at the Aussie. So congratulations to her. And I'm out. Oh, okay. You have one more? Yeah. At uh, Me Jung Lee CTV. <whistles> Something we uh, need to note here because we both worked with her. Rest in peace, Kuljeet. I always loved working with you. Quote, she was a beautiful soul. CTV News Vancouver colleagues remember Kuljeet Kayla, who died of cancer Sunday at age 46, Blake. Yeah, I worked with her a lot. I, we Not start, a few stops. Right? We started our careers together at News 1130 back in the day, and uh, she was like arrestingly nice, like sort of like, <laughs> yeah. why are you so nice? Mm-hmm. Um, Big and, smile. She yeah. was a hugger and... And uh, yeah, and great at her job too. Yep. She persevered and and spent you know better part of three decades it seems working in yeah. the uh, working in the business and and sticking it out. So and the tributes have come far missed. and wide. Yes, for Kaji Kayla, and we wish sympathies and condolences to her friends and family. That's hashtags for today. As we've chronicled since April, it has been an extraordinary season for the Vancouver Canadians, particularly at Nat Bailey Stadium, the best home record in baseball. And we're not done playing at the Nat yet. Joining joining us now, the president of the ball club, Mr. Andy Dunn. Andy, how we doing? I'm good, Matt. Blake, I hope you guys are doing well. And uh, 
it's playoff time, so let's uh, tee this thing up and see what we do. It sure is. Uh, game one tonight in Everett, the Northwest League Championship Series. It's a best of five. The Seas will host game three and then games four and five Saturday and Sunday if necessary. Uh, first of all, Andy, for those who don't know, because you won the first half of the Northwest League, you had your choice of how to divvy up this championship series. So take us through that. Well, they, they say we do, but, you know, the rule book says we don't, but we did. And uh, and I'll we'll always pick, you know, the maximum number of games uh, to possibly host just in the event. I mean, I want to have the fans of Nat Bailey and the fans in Vancouver behind us as many times as we can if we need them. So we picked games three, four, and five. Hopefully we only have one uh, game uh, we can get. But, you know, going into this thing, when you open on the road with two, you really hope you just get a split. You know, you're happy with a split on the road to come home to try to win two out of the next three. Um, I'll take two wins the next two days on the road. But, uh, again, you know, we've got a raucous crowd. We've got great fans in Vancouver. Uh, the guys in the clubhouse love playing at the Nat Bailey. And it's something that we've been, we've been tough to deal with at home. I mean, we were, we were on a roll for a while where – you know, whether we were playing day games or night games, it didn't matter. We were just tough to handle when we played in Vancouver. So, you know, we'll take games three, four, and five and roll the dice. Hey, Andy, do you think the crowd has anything to do with that? Like, do you think you have Absolutely. a home field advantage there that the other clubs just don't encounter? For this level and where guys are coming up through the systems, absolutely. Because I don't know, you know, our guys come from Dunedin and the Florida State League. No, no one draws what we draw in the Florida state league. They don't draw what we draw in the Florida state league in four days on a single game. Um, Who's second best in your league right now? Like who comes, who puts a half? Spokane Spokane, Spokane draws pretty well. Spokane does a tremendous job. It's a great organization. Mm -hmm. Uh, They, it's actually a bigger building than ours, Um, but you know, but it's just tough. And it's tough to play it in that Bailey because people are on top of you. Mm. I mean, you know, we don't have the ballpark that's pretty expansive foul territory. It's, I mean, you pretty much hear everything that's yelled at you, whether you're in <laughs> section 10 or section 14 or section one, it's just, it's a different environment. And I mean, every time when we have visiting clubs, I spend time with the visiting manager, just, you know, pretty much every other day, just checking to see how they're doing or catching up, seeing our guys are doing that I might have relationships with. And they all go, this place is just so much fun to play in. We'd love bringing our club here just so, I mean, it really is part of player development, getting kids in those situations where you've got 7,000 people screaming at you when you're trying to hit and run or throw a strike or get a bunt down. It's a development piece that really you don't see in a lot in most organizations to double A for big firework events or triple A in the in the largest buildings. But Nat Bailey is a tough place to play. We always talk about the atmosphere there and how how great it is and how on a, you know you might not even know the score at some point, but that changes though now, doesn't it? I mean, now it really I think, does. Now the fans actually do care about wins and losses because they'd love to see you guys celebrate at the end of the night. And the great part about the postseason, and we've learned this because I think we've been in the postseason six, seven times since, or eight times since I've been involved in Vancouver. It's different because everybody who buys a ticket is in their seat. And, you know, it's nobody's really, you know, I don't want to say this too loudly. No one's betting on the sushi races and nobody's really given what cares what's going on with the guys who dance when they drag them. 
it's a it's the baseball crowd that comes in and every pitch they're mm-hmm. into it they are into it it's fun it's lively but it's a real knowledgeable baseball crowd that comes out for the postseason and um it's 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 just an electric place to, to be how's the uh roster and the health of the ball club shape up for this big series it's good you know it it, it stung a little bit um you know, it's part of the organization. It's part of the organizational code where, you know, unfortunately there were some guys who went down at the major league level. And when there's a shift up in players, it 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 doesn't skip Vancouver. So we lost some guys that have been with us for a while, but some guys who also were very deserving to be promoted. Um, again, I'll never be upset about a young guy getting an opportunity at a higher level. But, you know, and I, but when I think about it, and you know, we had to have rosters in by nine this morning, when you look at our roster and how this club has performed all year under Brent and all of our, our, our coaching staff, it's been somebody new all the time. I mean, if you look at all the 12 come from behind wins, whether it was two runs down, a run down, three runs down, it was somebody different all the time. And I like, I still like who we have in the infield. I still like what we have in the outfield. I still like what we have as starting arms. I still like what we have in the bullpen. You know, Everett's the one club, the only club all year that we didn't have a winning record against. We were 12 and 12 with them on the year. So it's going to be a heck of a series. Everett's been playing really well. They've got some pretty good players down there. And, but a five game series, you never know what's going to happen. But every out is going to be important. Every pitch is important. Every at bat's going to be important. And it's time to focus in and see what we got and run them out there and, let them do their jobs. Andy, do you see a correlation between the excitement around your club and how the Mariners and Jays are doing? Because it, it would seem to me a lot of people have baseball in the brain right now because of those two teams, you know, the two teams of this market are both in the mix, fighting tooth and nail, playing big games every night. Does that baseball? I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, we were, we were able to, you know, we clinched the first half. So we put tickets on sale as quickly as we could. You know, we did season ticket. We did renewals for season ticket holders and then plan holders had a chance to buy their tickets. And they went to the general public and game one sold out. I mean, it, it took, you know, two, three, four weeks, but it sold out. But I just think people enjoy this level of baseball. And we've talked about this before. Um, it's a good brand of baseball, but everybody wants to come see the postseason because it's really bearing down on what we have. And I think it's, I mean, Everett's got a good club. I mean, they've played us tough all year long and there hasn't been a whole lot of blowout games against each other. They've got a good ball club. You know, the Mariners are playing well at the big league level. The Jays are turning it back on again at the big league level. Uh, but it's, you know, the Jays, you talk about the Jays for a little bit. It's been fun to see some of the young guys we've had in Vancouver go up. Schneid's going up, doing a good job. Horowitz went up. Spencer went up, did a great job. And, um, but again, that's kind of, it's, it's fun to see. I mean, you know, our job is to help the Blue Jays win the World Series. You know, our, our number one goal is not to win the Northwest League Championship, but, uh, you know, it's, it's that time of the year where development continues to um, move forward, give guys opportunities, and let's try to put a nice bow at the end of this, what's been a tremendous year 
for the, for the ball club. And we're seeing C's fans claim ownership on Schneider, and there's another opportunity <laughs> here to uh, to do the same thing, right? Somebody's going to have the chance to say, I saw so-and-so right. win the Northwest League title at, at Nat Bailey Stadium, and now he's uh, on a six-of-nine terror for the Blue Jays, right? That, that's Well, I know, those, I know those guys will be following along, seeing how we're doing, because all those guys are just tremendous young people. They had a great experience in Vancouver, and um, – I mean, if you look, if you look at those clubs, I mean, with Cavan and all the other guys that we've had come through here, mm-hmm. you know, every time I talk to somebody, I remember a couple, but two years ago, I was talking to John Schneider. He was down in the complex, and someone comes back and goes, "Who are you talking to?" And uh, he, he goes, "I'm talking to Andy down in Vancouver." And Cavan grabs a phone, wanted to check in, see how we were doing. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, it, we we've created a bond because I think we treat everybody well, and everybody is treated professionally and. They're treated great within the community and guys love playing in the ballpark. And it's a, it's a pretty unique and special place to really spend a full season. Mm. And I think those guys now, if they continue to play their career, they realize that even more as they grow up and mature and see where all they've been. And it's, it's, it's always going to be something pretty special to them. I don't know how many people come by the ballpark on the course of a year and just want to stop by and say, you know, I played for the Canadians back in the 90s or the 80s or whenever. And even, I mean, you guys remember Rick Mignante. Rick came to right. town over the summer, and first place he came, he wanted to come to the ballpark and check the ballpark out. And just, you know, it, it turns into, you know, you're emotionally invested when you come to the ballpark. And um, that's something I see from everybody, whether you're a fan, a manager, a player, that Vancouver is always turning into a pretty special place. As we've been talking about here the last week, Blake, it's going to be very difficult for the Jays and M's to uh, recast their playoff series from last year again this year. Both could make the playoffs, but likely not going to face each other. This is, as Andy noted, a Blue Jays versus Mariners final, and he talks about the Everett Ball Club. Their top three prospects, Seattle, are on this team. A shortstop, Cole Young, the catcher, Harry Ford, and an outfielder, Gabriel, uh, Gabriel Gonzalez. Andy, what do you think your chances here? Well, I think they're I think they're better than they were two years ago because when we were down in Oregon for the season, we couldn't play at Nat Bailey. I think we had the Mariners thirty, the Aquasox thirty six times, and I think the first oh twenty of them they had Julio Rodriguez <laughs> in their lineup. We know and that I'm guy. Going, I'm like, this is. I mean, he left and went to the World Baseball Classic and came back to Everett, and I went down to some of their coaching staff, and I'm like, you guys got to be kidding me. I mean, get him the hell out of here. Um, I mean, he goes to WBC and hits what three, four home runs, and he comes back and he's an A ball. I'm like. <laughs> I've had enough of this. Did he mash at that level? Oh, like, he was he was just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but no, I like where we are. I mean, I don't care what I mean, I wanna I'd like to win the first two. I'd love to have a split, but I'm not worried about what happens. I've seen this club be resilient all year. I've seen us turn around, go from cold to hot on a dime. I like this ball club. I think we got a bunch of grinders in the in the clubhouse. I love the leadership we have with the ball club, with Brent and the staff. And I'll, I'll let those guys go to battle against anybody, and hopefully we can pull out a championship for everybody in the community. Uh, you got tickets left for – it's a 7 o'clock Saturday if necessary, everybody. It's a 1 o'clock Sunday if necessary. You got tickets left for those games? We have tickets available for some, some for Saturday and Sunday. There is availability. Mm-hmm. And uh, depending on what goes on the next two nights, I think we'll see those needles move a little more. 
But right now, everybody's jumped up game one thinking it's going to be a sweep. And, uh, mm. I mean, I would love that. But, uh, you know, I don't care if it takes three, four, or five. Let's just get a win. Yeah, you'll be right on top of the Aqua Sox here to the visitors. And uh, they'll hear everything. Just make sure you mind your P's and Q's in Section 3, Blake. It's Mr. Dunn's section. Ah, right. <laughs> Got to be on seats. your best behavior when you visit Andy. In his trademark seat there in section three. Great to hear your voice well, and hear and uh, see you on the YouTube side, my friend. Great, uh, best well, of luck this weekend, and we're with you. And uh, thanks again for another fantastic season of Canadian baseball at the net. Well, thank you both, and for all the support. And um, you know, look forward to having you at the ballpark. Hopefully, this weekend we're going to tee it up and do the best we can. To Carson Price from Wall Center presentation, Apple at Auto Group. You can text us 778-402-9680. It's the Great Clips text message inbox. Great Clips? It's going to be great. Bodog poll question results from yesterday. We asked you, will Gary Bettman ever present the Stanley Cup to Captain Quinn Hughes? Yes or no? What won the poll? No won the poll. Correct. Percentage? 81. 59. 59? missed it by a lot. Really? Shout out to Austin Langley and Van City L, who both noted that at one point the poll was running 43% yes, <laughs> matching his jersey number. Otto says when New Jersey wins the cup. Yep, we got a lot of that. Next 12-12, will Bettman still be the commissioner in three years? If so, then yes. And then the positive... Vibe from Canucks. I know the Canucks history, but it's hard to be a fan and not say yes. Why else do we keep coming back after the many organizational dysfunctions, uneven regulation by NHL head office, and pure lack of luck? Hope and thinking are two different things. You can hope that that scene will happen, but do you think it'll happen? Those are two different questions. And then Kyle says, F it, I say yes. Canucks captain Quinn Hughes gets presented the cup. Can you imagine the volume in this city if that moment ever Yeah, it'd be something. It would be something. Errors and omissions from yesterday's program, and there were several. Um, I mentioned Messi for Miami, but international break. He wasn't with Miami this weekend. John Herdman was in attendance for the last TFC game. He watched from a suite, but this will be his first game on the touchline. Versus the Whitecaps, yeah. Yeah, so the Vancouver resident versus the Whitecaps for his MLS opener. Neglected to mention Adam Macko of the Vancouver Canadiens, the Northwest League Pitcher of the Week. He'll start tonight, game one against Everett. And then we mentioned how, well, in this country, after a difficult summer for soccer and for tennis the basketball team really lifted us up with this great bronze medal run at the FIBA World Cup we talked about how Germany got even a bigger lift with a gold medal at the FIBA World Cup at a time when their vaunted soccer program is just taking a licking they lose 4-1 to Japan in a friendly on the weekend but the previous results before that were a tie against Ukraine, a loss to Poland, a loss to Colombia, and a loss to Belgium. Yeah. Five games without a victory. This is Germany. 
22 men kicking a ball. Not even Germans later. win. Yes. Not so much. Crazy. Time for Blake's Bodog line of the day. Bodog, your source, free casino games, poker strategy, sports odds. So you like what you got. Uh, Germany hasn't won since the World Cup, if you can believe it. Um, and they weren't even... They weren't even that great then. No. no. Um, speaking of World Cups, of the rugby variety, France exploding out of the gates with a big win over New Zealand, of course, taking on Uruguay in two days' time. I'm going to take Uruguay. The upset. Yeah, Uruguay can play this game, right? Well. Or they have? I need the points. Oh, okay. 52 of them. <laughs> 52? <laughs> You're kidding me. And that's why I'm going to take him. I'm like, you know, France has come up with their big win. They're going to win this match, but do they need to obliterate Uruguay? Are they going to have the seconds on pretty quick here? Yeah, I think they will. So I think Uruguay can be within 52. Not the most competitively balanced sport, huh? 15s? The, the, the first 10 nations, maybe 12 nations, very competitive. It drops off significantly from there. I was watching Ireland on Saturday morning absolutely obliterate Romania. I want to say they scored 70 or 80 points. And the Scottish play-by-play man kept praising the hookah. (laughs) (laughs) Got to clarify it. (laughs) Took me a second. What does he say? Oh, hookah. The hooker. Ireland's number one in the world. And they looked every bit of it against Romania on your Bodog line of the day. Thanks for listening, everybody. A reminder, subscribe to us and Rick Wide wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on social media, Twitter, Insta, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. And, of course, support the community sponsors you hear us talking about. Eat a local.